Hello everyone, we are rolling for another episode of the JJF1 podcast where Jonah and Jordan talk about all things related to F1. It is uh, still race day, and what a beautiful race day it was. We are here to talk about the Dutch Grand Prix, where Max Verstappen won from George Russell in second and Charles Leclerc in third. Jordan, we're back. We've switched up our backgrounds for those who are watching on YouTube. I have the clown Ferrari pit lane, and (laughs) you have uh, Ricardo lifting his trophy in Monza. How have you been? How was the race? What's your general takeaways? Oh, race was great. I had a really, uh, I didn't watch the race live. I ended up watching the race um, later this afternoon. And I had a really good time watching this race. It was a great race. Um, Yeah, it was a great race. I think that um, the beginning was slow, but the ending was one of the better endings we've had this year. Yeah. uh, Amongst all races, I'd say that, you know, Bahrain is up there, Saudi Arabia is up there, mm-hmm. Canada is up there, and I'd say this one is up there as well. Yeah, I think definitely the ending was super interesting. Um, I feel like the middle, we could have had a little bit more action, but you know what? I think this race it was better than last year's race, 100%. Um, and I also realized that Zanford is probably one of, if not the trickiest circuits on the calendar. Um, just because of all the bank turns and all of the complicated ways to maneuver. Um, I think it's a, a really fun circuit to drive, uh, and it's super difficult and I like it. I'm, I'm happy that it's here to stay. Um, but before that we have news that happened during the week. Uh, number one, uh, Mick Schumacher is cutting his ties with the Ferrari driver Academy. Um, which means that he's going to be a free agent. Jordan, now the question of the day is, where is he going? Where is Mick Schumacher going? My big, big, uh, big guess is that he is most likely going out of F1. I do not think that there's a seat for him in F1 next year. No uh, way. That is my hot take. Listen to this, okay? Who's Haas going to bring on, though? Like, I heard Giovinazzi. This is the thing. The person who's going to Haas next year is the person that's in the back of me. Is Daniel Ricardo? He's going to Haas next year. No um, way. No, no, no. No way Ricardo's going to Haas next year. And the way that I think about the driver, well, we're going to get into an episode of the silly season later on, but I do think Ricardo is going to Haas. I think that Mick Schumacher won't be in F1 next year. So sneak peek to our silly season episode, which will come out later. But listen to my theory, okay? Mick Schumacher is not with the Ferrari Driver Academy. Therefore, he cannot join a Ferrari-based team, which are Alfa Romeo, Haas, and Ferrari. So that crosses off three teams. He then cannot join Aston Martin because Aston Martin is Is full. full. He can't join McLaren. He can't join Mercedes. He can't join Red Bull. So who does that leave him with? That leaves him with either AlphaTauri, which is a Red Bull school, or it leaves him with Alpine. Now, see, Jordan, 
that's where I think Mick Schumacher is going next year. I think he's going to Alpine. I do not think he's going to Alpine. I think I think Alpine... I think this whole rumor of like Pierre Gasly going to Alpine, I don't I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling so, it. This is the thing. Alpine are in a position right now where they're fourth, really like virtually they're fourth in the constructor standings. And they are way ahead of the midfield, but they're not quite close to Mercedes just yet. So they want to take that extra leap. Now, are they a team that needs to bring in a young guy, maybe for money purposes, or to maybe have them stay with the team long-term? Or are they a person that want to bring in somebody with experience that could get them closer to a Mercedes-caliber position sooner? I think that's what they're, that position that they're in. I think that Gasly is going to go to Alpine especially because they're going to try and gun for that all-French lineup with Ocon and Gasly. So I think that Gasly going there is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, but here's the here's the issue with that. Ocon and Gasly don't like each other. And Pierre Gasly is under contract for Alpha Tauri next year. Yeah. So Sergio Perez was under contract racing. No, no, no. But like he signed an extension this year for next year. I think that if there's a buyout... Uh, if Alpine wants to pay Helmut Marco a chunk of money to take Pierre Gasly off his hands, I don't think Helmut Marco would refuse that. Mm -hmm. That's well, that's the argument there. Well, but, speaking of buyouts, uh, we have your backgrounds replacement announced finally after the contract board's decision. Oscar Piastri is officially racing for McLaren. I'm hyped. I'm hyped as well. Um, I really loved how after we found out Piastri was going to race for McLaren, how we found out that Piastri was signed the day after the British Grand Prix. And on the 13th of August, I believe it was, Ricardo tweeted he was staying at McLaren the year after, after, uh, sorry, of July, after um, Piastri had signed his contract with McLaren for the year after. So... I am so confused as to the communication, the internal communication that's going on at McLaren. Listen, I definitely want to know what's going on between both of those teams because I I am living for all the drama. <laughs> yeah, look, Oscar Piastri is like this, this, this hot new restaurant that everybody wants to take, you know, everyone wants to go eat at. And what? <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to have a piece of Oscar Piastri. Alpine say that he wanted to, they wanted him to stay. They've been, he had been on the academy. He's been, you know, fostering them for years. And suddenly McLaren comes along and is like, oh, we have, uh, we're going to pay you a bigger tip. And he's like, okay, I'm coming to you. Because I think that at the time that he signed that contract on July 4th, McLaren were looking at the, like the better team. I think that today he could be eating his words a little bit. Well, we'll have to see. We'll we'll really have to see. Uh, I look. I don't think that Piastri is the hot new restaurant because he's been pretty hot for the last like three years. All right, the guy won F one. Sorry, the guy won F three and F two, one after the other in his rookie season for both years. If that doesn't scream talent, I don't know what does. So people have been eyeing this guy for years and Alpine's been lucky enough to have him in his driver academy, but not anymore because McLaren. So 
let's see what happens with that. Um, speaking of McLaren, if we jump to qualifying, there was a McLaren driver that was eliminated in Q1, and his name is Daniel Ricciardo. Um, so I guess this is my point being like, hey, listen. McLaren made the right decision of of letting him leave because he's not he's not feeling it. Yeah, it was not a good day for Ricardo at the Zandvoort circuit. He also finished second to last, and virtually he finished last because Nicholas Latifi is at this point doesn't really count anymore in the. You know, you know, Nicholas Latifi <laughs> was the only driver that got lapped after the safety car. <sighs> <sighs> I love supporting Canadian drivers, but I don't think we consider him a Formula One driver anymore. Listen, um, I like supporting one Canadian driver. Yeah, it was a very humble point that he received. But to say to, to back to Daniel Ricardo, he finished last. Um, not a good showing for him. Um, Lando finished P7, and you could tell that there is a big difference. And it's just unfortunate because he could be very discouraged and he could, it's a combination of being very discouraged and him having a really, really um, not as good of a car as he's used to. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you know, there's another driver that I wanted to talk about uh, in qualifying and that is Yuki Tsunoda because There are some times where, you know, he'll have absolutely awful qualifying and absolutely awful races and he'll crash out. And like this time he had a team related problem where it wasn't his fault. But Sonoda was P3 in Q1. And then after that, uh, he ended up starting near the well, he made it into Q2, but I think he was eliminated off in Q2 and consistently he hasn't really been doing too well so my question now is based on Tsunoda's really flip-flopping performance is this it for Yuki Tsunoda in Formula One because I think it is yeah I've I I I think it is too I thought I I thought it is for a very long time now I I had the feeling last year that Yuki Tsunoda and I think I said this on the podcast before but I'll say it again Yuki Tsunoda is the type of driver that will lose more money for Alfa Tari than he will bring in ever in his Formula One career. And, and that is purely based on the amount of crashes, DNFs, and malfunctions he brings to that car. Think about our, our home race, the Canadian Grand Prix, where he also DNF because of an issue. Today, he DNF because of an issue. He has very inconsistent qualifying mm-hmm. performances. Think about his... Uh, third or second ever qualifying in Imola where he crashed out. Yeah. Uh, but but the thing is that Alpha Tauri's been so off the pace this year. It's not necessarily like Gasly has done super well this season either. He hasn't, but he has ca- given that car more issues than he has brought good things to that car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to say it because you know what? I want to see a short driver in Formula One. I want to see... Uh, short kings (laughs) yeah i do every formula one driver is tall you know esteban akon george russell they're all tall guys and you know i'm one of the shorter guys in the world i want to see a a short driver succeed um and i met nicholas latifi that guy is monstrously tall 
So mm-hmm. is Albon. I met both of them. They're both very tall. That was my first impression of both of them. So I really want to see Yuki do well, but I don't think he'll do well solely for the fact that based on strictly financial metrics, I do not think that AlphaTauri wants to keep him. I think he is way too inconsistent and costs them way too much money to fix the car to the point where they may not have the money to spend to fix the car at one point because the cost cap is cost cap. And so I think that, you know, Yuki's a, a, a fine driver in F2. He was an amazing driver in F2 and deserved that seat to begin with. But I think that when we get near the end of the season, I predict that the conversation is going to be more about teams replacing parts and having trouble doing so because of the cost cap. Definitely. I mean, we have, what, seven races left in the season? Yeah. And I think um, we talked about more by David Croft, Anthony Davidson, and all those commentators, Julian Palmer. They're all going to be talking about that in the last three races. Jensen you- Button was on commentary today also. It was great. <laughs> it was Nico Rosberg, and I love that. that was- I did you hear? Hold on. I wanted to talk about this later, but since you mentioned Nico Rosberg, did you hear when Nico Rosberg was like, I'm rooting for Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> I hope he keeps Max in back of him, is what he said. Listen, that was as surprising as Nico Rosberg being Lewis Hamilton in 2016 with equal machinery. An equal machinery, an equal machinery, right? Yeah, exactly. An equal machinery. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, I think that's what they're gonna be talking about in a couple races time. They're not talking about it just yet because it's not really an issue just yet, but I think that when we start hearing more about that the mainstream media and avid Formula One fans will understand why it's Yuki Tsunoda's time to become a reserve driver. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you but don't, imagine. You don't lose money in the simulation. Yeah, but. Oh, oh, that's a burn. That's a major burn. <laughs> you heard it here first on the JJF1 podcast. You don't lose money in the simulation. Yeesh. But like, the thing is that if, if Gasly goes to, um, to Alpine, Yuki Tsunoda leaves. Who's coming in? Because, like, right now, no one in the Red Bull Junior Academy gives me that major, like, he, he no one gives me that that major, I don't know, attention-grabbing drives or, or anything. Like, we, like Yuki Tsunoda, like Alex Albon did at, in his time, um, there's there's no current driver. I mean, maybe Liam Lawson in the Driver Academy, but otherwise, I don't see a major, you know, next level talent that's coming in in the Red Bull J- Junior Academy. And uh, this is after me saying for like the two years that Jehan Daruvala was going to be in F1. So, yeah, look, I won't say who I think is going to be at AlphaTauri next year just because I want to keep that for the driver silly season episode we're about to do but what i will say jonah is and we're going to talk about the grand prix after this there's been a lot of drivers even though they're part of another driver academy go to another set of teams in another driver academy we've seen that with guan yu joe we've seen that with oscar piastri we've seen that with alex albon I'm don't saying, tell me no get ready for a shake-up uh, i think i know who you're thinking of and i wouldn't I'd be surprised, but you know, we'll see. Um, quick thing is, uh, 
another quick points are flares on track. Come on, really? Like my my whole take is you're not a real F1 fan if you're throwing the flares on on track. It's dangerous for the drivers. It slows down. It slows down. The, you know the the session. Yeah, makes and it's just overall very dangerous for the driver. You know, so you know the flares that. are illegal on tracks, right? Like the security just sucks. It's they suck at every single track. Look, just don't do that. Don't don't. Yeah. This is but like, don't bring in flares. Number one. Number two. If you're security, you should be able to catch a thing that's like this big. So, you know. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, also, how gutted were you that Lance got into Q3 and then had a technical problem? Because yeah, I was I, sad. I, he, was, he was. I was actually watching qualifying in French on the French from France feed because my phone is in French, for those who don't know. And it, for F1 TV won't let me change the language of when I watch F1 ever. So it only lets me watch it on the French from France feed. And as they say in France, l'enstrode, il volait. He volait mm -hmm. en Q2. He was doing super well. I thought he was going to, you know, go into like the top five or something like that. And then I hear, Lance Stroll has a technical problem. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Look, I see I see some improvements for Aston Martin. Look at them next year. I think they're going to yeah. have some improvements next year. Well, you know what was really interesting, though? Max Verstappen getting pulled by, was it 21 thousandths of a second? Something Ooh, crazy. That was happened. hot. That it was, was, was icy. Leclerc was on pole until the bank turn at the end. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, Jonah, how fast this Red Bull is in the straights. It's ridiculous how fast they are. Even Lewis was ahead of Max in the straights it was uh, ahead of Max on regular race pace yeah. in uh, going into the final uh, final uh, turn, and then after that turn, Max, you know, his time, his delta just keeps increasing, and he's yeah. he's wicked. So you know that's why we're able to have a close race today, and it was just crazy how fast they are in the straights. So I I think that anyways, again, Tarman's approaching uh, a beautiful, a beautiful a uh, beautiful stat that I saw recently. Um, a beautiful stat that I saw recently was the difference between Max and Shal on pole was the equivalent of one George Russell. That was what yeah. separated them. It was six feet. Six feet! Crazy. Un absolutely unreal. Welcome to Formula One, everyone. It's a fun time. Um, but yeah, uh, Let's go into the race now, shall we? Uh, we have lap one. A scare. I I was scared uh, when Lewis and Carlos collided. And because I'm really happy that both of them actually got off, you know, clean and, and they didn't break any cars or anything. But that was some scary. That was a, a scary crash. And then Magnuson just i can't believe we managed to go through lap one with no carnage especially on bank on the bank turns yeah same that's it just yeah, <laughs> last year we didn't have anything and this year we don't have anything either yeah um it's right not now... a big lap one track i'll say that there well, yeah tracks where lap one is always crazy 
Think of Austria, Italy. Think of, you know, Monza. <laughs> yeah. So next week. So yeah, those, this, this is sort of like the Monaco where Monaco is never like so crazy on the first lap. Mm -hmm. um, but also Jordan, I wanted to ask you, what's your take on the new distance graphic uh, from the, the front of people's cars to see how close you are to the other one? Uh, I like it. I, I really like, like it. It reminds me when we play F1 2022 on the video game and there's the uh, assist feature that tells you where to go. So I just, I, I feel like I'm playing the video game when they put that graphic on. I really, I really enjoy it. Cause I think that it's helpful as well because it'll, you don't really get a perspective with the camera of how close the cars really are. So I think it was, it's really nice, a really nice touch in F1 to be able to add those graphics. Um, because- has really done their job with the graphics this year. Listen, they've done well with the graphics, but they haven't done well with the replays. <laughs> That's my take on, on the TV Throwback this year. Throwback to the 2021 uh, Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, well, no, that was a whole different story where, because the thing is that the Monaco Grand Prix is the one race that isn't managed by F1 TV. Um, it's managed by one of the local French channels. I don't remember which. Um, but no, I think that in it was I, I I really enjoyed the distance graphic, but the thing is that on lap 70 and 71, they were they made passes, like people made passes, and then they immediately showed the replay. And I was like, listen, there are two laps left in the race. I don't care about replays. I want to see what's going on because there are two laps left. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a give and take with with watching F1 TV right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, um, it's another time to laugh at the people who are currently in my background um, because. 12 seconds stopped by Carlos Sainz because they was they weren't ready. Come on, really? Honestly, for a top end team, it's unacceptable. And the best part was is when uh, David Croft went on interview with Mattia Bonato afterwards to be like, "What was that?" Mattia Bonato was just like, "This is a total mess. It's a mess. This is a big mess." Yeah. And and on top of that, Perez rolled over a Ferrari wheel gun. Yeah, it was, you know, like you said, a mess. Um, and uh, what a joke! Like at this point, it's funny. It's not even like it's not sad anymore. It's funny. I, my whole thing is, I just wonder what the drivers must be talking about in their meetings. Because imagine if you're Carlos Sainz or Charles Leclerc, and you go after the race, and want to talk to your engineers about like ways you can improve. And the only thing you could tell them is stop fucking up. Stop being an idiot. <laughs> There's nothing to say, really. Yeah, it's true. Like, how? Like, how could we walked into, like, race four being like, Ferrari is winning the championship. This is it. Max Verstappen is just, his engine is just going to quit on him all the time. This is absolutely, like, Ferrari's got it in the bag, and then Ferrari was like, "Hold my Peroni," because that's the first, 
Italian beer that I could think of right now. But <laughs> listen, hold my Peroni. You thought that we were gonna that we were gonna do well right now? Ha! Think again. Think again, my friend. No, they 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 really fooled us at the Australian Grand Prix. Madness, madness. Um, another point that I really enjoyed was the Padawan and the the German Padawan and Master going at it. Um, Seb and Mick, uh, they were having some pretty tight uh racing, and I thought that we were gonna have a repeat of was it Miami when they hit each other? Uh. I thought that they were going to hit each other and that was going to be it, but they managed to keep it clean. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit disappointing what happened to Mick Schumacher today, especially since he ended up in Q3, but I very much enjoyed that racing. Yeah. I think Mick Schumacher, I expected more from him when he ended up in Q3. Um, I don't expect much from Seb and you could tell that Mick was like really taking it to him. I was really, really uh, disappointed with Mick's performance, but that battle was very entertaining to watch. I'll, I'll say that. To say the yeah. least. You know what else was entertaining? Immediately after, um, Seb comes out of the pit lane right in the middle of a Hamilton and Perez battle. Oh, that was so funny. And I thought that um, Seb was going to get in the way of Lewis taking, doing the overtake. I thought Perez was yeah. going to come overtake Lewis again. Um, and I was like, no, please don't. I want it's funny to say that now because I really don't like when there's domination. I hate seeing the same person win every single time. So I was cheering Lewis on because I wanted to see somebody different win. Imagine we were cheering on Lewis Hamilton today. <laughs> if I told myself that last year, I would have been like, no, Jordan, no. Um, but yeah, so I wanted him to win, and I was like, oh my god, Seb, don't do this. I know you're retiring, I know you don't care anymore. I know you just don't even want to be driving this car because it emits so many greenhouse gases, but you have to, <laughs> you, you, you have to really like, you know, don't, don't slow down just yet. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. I think he, I, did he get, end up getting a five second penalty if I'm not mistaken for ignoring blue flags? I don't remember. I, I don't think... remember. No, it was signs that got signs that got a, a five second penalty for ignoring the unsafe release. Yeah. The unsafe release. Yeah, that was unreal. Meanwhile, the joke uh, at AlphaTauri is Yuki Tsunoda said, guys, my tires aren't fitted. My tires are not fitted. My tires are not fitted. And then they say, no, just kidding. Go continue. And then he gets into the box. They give him new tires. They fix his belt. He's already like 20 seconds in last. And he's like, listen, guys, I can't. I can't do this. Something is not working. And they make him fall off again. Yeah. Um, what happened? So <laughs> um, I think Julian Palmer said this, and I, I completely agree with him. How can the team themselves know that the tire is not fitted or not by their computers? Do they have that data? I don't know if they have that data. Because they were saying on the on the broadcast that they don't have that data, and it's it's only Yuki who would know if his tires are not fitting as he would know if they're rolling right or not. Well, yeah, but like Yuki, they should listen to the driver anyway. If yeah. the driver says, look, my tires aren't working. So like, 
something in my entire slanted right now, they should be able to say, okay, I believe you, pull over. Yeah, stop the car. And that's not his fault either. Exactly. This isn't if this isn't destroying Yuki's reputation. This is just us laughing at AlphaTauri. And they've had a bad they've had a bad season this year. Pierre Gasly was consistently in like the like the five to seven or five to eight range last year. And now they it would be a miracle if both of them got into the points. Yeah, at one point last year, Pierre Gasly was qualifying no less than P6 or P7. Exactly. Consistently throughout the year. What uh, happened? And especially since they're the sister team of the current fastest car on the grid. Yeah, you would think that Adrian Newey would uh, make a good chassis for, for AlphaTauri also. Well, uh, you'd think so, yeah. You'd like to think so. But again, it is supposed to be an easier car to drive. It's supposed to be a school. Uh, I would like to see them go back towards more of a school system than a uh, temporary D-team. home here at Gasly, um, or just a place for him to be. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, they're not performing well. I really don't understand what's going on. Jordan, you are here with the jokes and the hot takes today. <laughs> yeah, I'm I love always, it. always on. Um, meanwhile, you know. I wanted to get your opinion on this. What are we thinking about Sergio Perez this race? Because the thing is that I really like Perez and I think that he's done, he's done pretty well this year, but I think this is an indication that we have a sort of Bottas versus Hamilton, but could it be that it's worse than that? Could it be because Max is really that good? Um, I don't know, but I think that Sergio was just not, he was not there today. Yeah, I think that they finished one, two, too many times for us to say Sergio Perez is a bad driver or that he doesn't deserve. No, 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 no. He's not a bad driver and he doesn't deserve the seat, but there are, there are weekends that he's really on it. And there are weekends where he's really not. Yeah, I think that this was just a weekend that was one of those weekends. It was really, for him, it was just, it just happens. Yeah. That's my take on that. Um, Meanwhile, we ripped Valtteri Bottas every single, every single race last no, year. No, 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 Do not add me in that equation. I ripped Valtteri Bottas every you single year last Valtteri year. Bottas. I had faith that he would pick it up. How he misplaced that faith was. He did sometimes, and he didn't at other times. Nope. Uh, well, look, I think that in terms of the team dynamic, Hamilton really misses Bottas right now because now he actually has a decent teammate. Uh... Speaking of which, this is what we need to talk about. Jonah, do you feel... That the seesaw is going, 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 and up. They're prioritizing George Russell now more than Lewis. Um, I'm going to answer that with a... Uh, I forget what the guy's name was, but it's this really popular impression video of this guy doing F1 F1 people. I don't know if you've seen the video before, Jordan. Oh, yeah, I have. I fully yeah. have. Where he's... Where, the guy's doing an impression impression of George Russell 
and he says, listen, it's not easy coming into a team and being a number two driver and uh, having a lot of expectations placed on you. And uh, I think Lewis has taken to that role really well. <laughs> yeah. I think that answers the question. Now, the hot, the, 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 the hot question of the day is, did Mercedes mess up or were they just trying to prioritize George Russell? No, I think that Mercedes took a gamble um, because I heard it on the radio. Um, listen, Mercedes wanted to win. And they took the gamble um, that gave them the potential to win. And it didn't work out in that favor. Um, and look, do I feel bad for Lewis Hamilton? Yeah. Uh, do I think that Max's pass was borderline illegal? Yeah, as well. Uh, but I think that all things considered... There are some times where you go all in and it doesn't work out. And in this case, it, it just didn't work out. I don't think that they were trying to prioritize George. I think that if Lewis was in in P1, they would have tried their best to maintain P1. And with that gamble, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I actually am going to disagree with you on this one. Tell me. I... Also, Hamilton's radio, he was raging i don't blame him i think that mercedes was wrong to pit george russell and i but think george that... russell made the call though that's the thing i know but i think that as a team they should have said no we're keeping you out because i really think that verstappen would have won regardless of whatever happened but i think that mercedes would have had a better chance if verstappen had to overtake two cars than if he had to overtake one car i agree I agree, but I think that it at another I think another thing as well is part of this was self-inflicted because Lewis I wouldn't say messed up the restart, but he didn't necessarily do well on that restart because he I think he hit the throttle too early which gave Max the toe uh he he hit the throttle in the bank turn, which gave Max the toe. And as soon as they hit the checkered flag, um, you know, Max was able to do the pass. Like they were basically side by side. And then as soon as, you know, they passed the green flag and they were allowed to pass, Max did it. Yeah. He's a very aggressive driver. You can't blame him for being one. And I think that had Lewis, uh, not felt betrayed by his team he may have put would have he could have put more effort into it i don't think i don't think he was betrayed by his team jordan i think that they just made a gamble tried to I win it didn't work out i think that in the heat of the moment there's a lot of adrenaline going through your your, your body and your mind and i think that he really thought in that moment that um there is team took the wrong gamble and they made decision that was in the interest of him not winning and the interest of George winning rather than him mm -hmm. where he had track position and George didn't. Mm. You know, for all, you know, Mercedes could win next race. So look, let's speak about Monza because Monza is a track do we, do we us... have do we have anything to say about the the race the rest of the race before or not? 
I'm good. Because uh... we could just laugh at Carlos Sainz getting a five-second penalty on top of the fact that, um, you know, he had a 12-second stop. Also, Charles Leclerc drove the quietest race in Ferrari yeah, history. Korean history. Yeah. <laughs> I think we we said quietest P3 a few times when George Russell did it. We said it a, a few times last year when Valtteri Bottas did it. I think now it's Leclerc's turn to just quietly get into P3. Yeah. Um, um yeah, that's what I have. But yeah, let's talk about Monza because Monza gives us moments like these. It gives us a lot of irregular moments, things that we don't normally see in the rest of the Formula calendar. A Daniel Ricciardo win, a Pierre Gasly win, a Lance Stroll on podium and on the front row. You know, it gives us a lot of irregular moments. Do you think, Jonah, we're going to have another Monza moment next weekend? I do. I do. I think that we're going to have a team that has not won a race this year win a race this year. <laughs> now, do I think that it's going to be um, Mercedes? No, I do not. I think that, and bear with me here, I think it's going to be Alpine. That That's a very, very educated uh, inference to make. Because, like I said, they're knocking on the door. They're kind of like P4 right now in the in the constructors. So mm-hmm. they'd be the most realistic option. I think that we're going to have another spa sort of race. We're not Max doesn't come from P14. He'll be P1, but he will be like 30 to 40 seconds ahead of whoever's in P2. That's your hot take. It's not my hot <laughs> take. That's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be another miraculous Pierre Gasly win. Um, hey, look, we've had a hey, if we continue this streak of having uh, crazy winners, I would absolutely love that. I wouldn't be surprised if Norris won as well. But I think that I think that with the way that Alpine's going, um, it would be hilarious if Fernando Alonso won a race. <laughs> that would be amazing. It would be kind of like Daniel Ricciardo's sort of resurrection last year. Uh, now it'll be an Alonzo resurrection, except this time he'll carry the momentum into Aston Martin. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, my hot take is that uh, uh, I think that the Aston Martins next week will not only get double points, but I do think that Lance will finish P5 and above next week. Oh! That's going to be my hot take. I love that hot take. I'm a very think- happy person. <laughs> I think he'll I think he'll qualify well and finish P5 and above. Uh I hope you enjoyed my meme that I put up on my personal Yes, very humble personal point. I enjoyed the humble point. It ain't it ain't much, but it's honest point. Yeah, an honest point. Uh Monza Monza is always a great time for me personally because it's always um around my birthday. So um practice day is my birthday this year so it's so to all be... the jjf1 fans tune in to wish jonah a very happy birthday it's gonna be a fun week ahead and the the double sorry the triple header is gonna be finished after this um which means that we're going to have if i'm not mistaken two weeks um without a race and then we're going to 
I think Japan, no, Singapore. We're going to Singapore after Monza. Um, and in the meantime, uh, we are planning a new series of uh, podcast episodes called The Future of X. <laughs> and X being uh, whatever team we feel like talking about. Um, just going through each team, seeing where they are, where they could go, who they have now, who they have lining up, a little bit of everything. I mean, Jordan, if we are going to tease a little bit, uh, which team are you most excited to talk about? I am most excited to talk about Haas F1 team because they're a team that has been in the back of the pack for the past couple of years, but they look like they have a bright future ahead of them. And so tune in to see why I think that. You know, I'm actually excited Besides the fact that I'm excited to talk about Aston Martin, because we all know that that I'm excited to talk about Aston Martin, I'm excited to talk about McLaren, um, because we saw McLaren have this major upward momentum, and for all you know, they could be stagnating right now, um, in terms of their car development, and now they have uh their lineup set for next year. We could see what potential that driver lineup has, and for all you know both drivers can be on a pretty short leash. So interested to see uh, what we say about McLaren, especially since I grew up watching McLaren. Um, you know, for me, it's the silver Vodafone McLaren that will always stick in my mind as my childhood F1. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about McLaren in that sense. Yeah, I'm excited for those episodes. So tune in. Uh, we'll also have a silly season recap prediction episode coming up tune yeah. in for that and jonah take it away sign off if you want to hear everything and anything feel free to follow us on instagram and like our facebook page at the jjf1 podcast and we will see you for the next episode see ya